I'm your host, Patrick, and with me are my cohort, Goes, Cousins, Justin, and Derek. We are recording this episode on May 3rd, 2017. It's May! It's May! The lusty month of May! And we've got too much to get into in a short time to get there, so let's get right on to it, shall we? Alright, let's talk about the afterdraft first. And, I mean, it's kind of okay, right? We still got a draft pick, and we got a potentially great pick for our draft guy. Blue collar and Philly goes with Nate Gary like Philly goes with cheese and steak. Uh, but as for the rest, yeah, Derek, uh, not a whole lot of rosy you can put on this pair of glasses, huh? No. But you know what? There's how many free agents? I believe there was four we free agents signed. Yeah, we had and there was another. Then there was another three or four that got tryouts. But and okay, I, th- but I think I think the ones that got tryouts, down, like, don't you think? Because it's a tryout. It's not a definite. And so many times before, we've always had definites well, in the free agency. Well, you got you got to look at the fact that Westerkamp's wanted him getting a tryout. The only reason he's getting a tryout is because he was hurt with a knee injury. He couldn't do the the pro, the pro day, and he wasn't he wasn't able to work out for any of the teams. So they're giving him a chance to show that show that he can still do it. But so this is basically you can't you can't okay. you can't blame him for not drafting a guy that's been hurt. Yeah, I mean, you're right about that. But, I mean, the only bright spot I can see is just that the Vikings got so many people, uh, Tommy Armstrong included. And Terrell Newby, I think he has a legitimate shot considering that their running back has fumbleitis. But, I mean, that's pretty much it. It's been our, – our multiple Huskers drafted uh, streak got kaput. You know, since 1962, we've had multiple Huskers drafted in, in, in the NFL draft, and that's gone now. We still had one. But that's gone. So where do we go from here, Justin? I would argue that until this happened, nobody even knew that streak existed, right? Husker fans I mean, knew it. Husker fans knew it. Did you know it for real? Not until I looked it up. But still. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It's, it's, a, it's a stupid streak. I mean, it's it doesn't have any relevance. You know, it, it's it's a nice little footnote at the bottom of the page. But it doesn't it doesn't mean anything. Uh, you know, there's like twelve guys getting free agents or tryouts or signed free agent contracts or getting a tryout. That's pretty good out of this big senior class, really. That's true. And That's some true. of those guys, they really they probably will catch on with the team or at least ha- linger around in a practice squad maybe and wait for their chance to come up. We've had plenty of stories where walk on or not walk ons, but guys that uh, signed a free agent, they become uh, you know studs okay so let's let's play mr hypothetical here or mr's hypothetical who which husker do you think has the best shot out of all our free agents to land a spot in the nfl roster i would guess brandon riley based off of his speed yeah yeah he offers a lot i think he's got the best shot Derek, Derek, i I think seathan carter's got a good shot he's a good blocker as long as he can learn to stop dropping the ball when yeah, he gets he's thrown to. Yeah, he's got to can do anything else. But he does have good speed. So He's got good speed. He's a great blocker. I mean, I, I think he's got potential to play well in the NFL. Uh, based off of the offensive lineman, I know we kind of underachieved there, but do you think Dylan Utter has a chance? Because have got to build up the pipeline rep again, man. I don't think any of those. I don't think any of the def, uh, the linemen on offense or defense have has a shot really. Uh, you know, may, maybe Kevin Maurice. Maybe he's got a slight shot. Maybe you think? I hard to say. I 
all, there was no one that really stood out in that line at all. I, I no. didn't think. I think they Avery, Ma- a- Avery, story, but, yeah. Avery Moss has a good shot. He played for Nebraska for a year. Yeah, let's mention him. Why not? <laughs> Way to whip out that nugget of knowledge. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So anyway, speaking of characters, what is it about the NFL draft that seems to bring out all these characters, and yet I don't see any kind of comeuppance coming from anything as far as getting lower in the draft or what have you, especially this year. It seemed like everyone got away scot free with all sorts of crap. I don't know, especially when you have pe- when you have players sitting out in bowls, not even participating in their last hurrah. And there's like, it's all good, man. I'm just saving myself for the draft, and they get rewarded for that. What is up with that? We couldn't have been further from reality last week when we were talking about these guys, Jabril Peppers and Reuben Foster. You know, uh, them. With their little issues with their piss test and their issues, you know, whether it's getting in fights or uh, whatever, you know, Jabril Peppers. After everything that we said, he still went 25th overall to the Browns. Reuben Foster still went 31st overall to the Browns. And the other two guys that we talked about last week that uh, sat out of the draft or sat out of their bowl game, Fournette, which obvious, you know, he went fourth to the Jaguars and then McCaffrey. He went eighth to the Panthers, but I guess I kind of thought that, you know, NFL teams were going to hold these other two guys a little bit more accountable for their actions, and it didn't happen. So we're it, back it, to where it's going to be every year. Isn't being drafted by the Cleveland Browns pretty much like a death penalty anyway? Oh, that, yeah, that, that is punishment enough. That is punishment. Um, I mean, yeah. so is being drafted by the 49ers. Good hey, God. hey, hey, the Niners are working on defense, and I guess they drafted some quarterback who can theoretically throw the ball. I don't know. But, I mean, but the, yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. It's, it's like it comes down to you mentioned reality. I think the reality is it's a business. And if you can, you know, meet the business standards of the NFL, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. If you can show that you're a player and you can perform at the next level, they'll let you get with damn near everything. Don't you think, Derek? Well, I mean, I don't know. Randy Gregory's spent more time suspended than he has playing even in practice. I mean, they're not going to let you get away with everything. That's true. I mean, you know, if you're if you're smoking a, a drug you're, that's probably you're, legalized in about a quarter of the country, then yeah. You just... You just have to learn how to hide it better. <laughs> That's what they got the corn cob pipe for. Um, and don't and don't be like the northwestern guy who just got picked up for having coke on him. Coke? I thought that yeah. drug disappeared a long time ago. Really? Coke? Well, those northwestern kids—they got money. That's true. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> um, but there are still some things that seem to kind of have. I guess a sense of rationality and, you know, stuff that made sense. I mean, you you had underclassmen, I guess, that were in this draft thinking, you know, hey, I don't need a senior year. They didn't get drafted, so there's still that, right? I don't know what's wrong with these guys. Every year this happens, a whole bunch of underclassmen, they uh, declare early for the draft, and they don't – tons of them don't get drafted. Uh, This year, 95 guys declared – uh, for the draft early, Thir- 28 did not get drafted. Uh, 
In 2016, 108 declared early. 30 of them didn't get drafted. The year before that, 84 declared early. 24 didn't get drafted. And then in 2014, out of the 102 prospects that declared early, 38 did not get drafted. That's what 37% don't even make it to the NFL. Why are they doing this? That, well, it just doesn't make sense. Well, it's well, what you see, right? It's what you see on TV and you see this when you have these underclassmen in basketball think they can go to the pros. I bet there's some sort of weird osmosis that happens where a football player thinks, hey, if he can make it on the hard court, why can't I make it on the gridiron? And then, yeah, it doesn't well, work that way. Well, I think you have to understand, too, that their ego gets such a huge boost. They walk around campus as the big man all the time. They get told how great they are all the time. So it gets in their head that, yeah, I can do this. But it's a whole different – you're, you're talking about a whole different arena where you're putting your body on the line constantly, where the only way to compete at that level is to bulk up and to get older and to get more experience. It just seems like that's more conducive to the game like football, whereas with basketball you can get away with your skills and, hey, it's all good. Would you guys want to see any changes with the NFL on how they handle early picks or early prospects? Would you like to see something I mean, like similar to what, like a, a year, two years in college or three years in college at least before? Well, I mean that that's, that exists right now. Yeah, I guess what I was saying is, you know, you what if you can't leave early until you graduate until college? You, yeah, you get your yeah. So these guys that okay. graduate in three and a half years or four years, and yeah, you know they're yeah, redshirt yeah. junior. I don't know. It's I think it's a shame at the end. Some of these guys. You know, it doesn't work out for them in the NFL. They left college early, so they're not going to graduate. Uh, it's kind of like they're stuck it, in limbo. They really well, don't have yeah. any other avenues to go to. Derek, do you have any comments? No, I mean, I, I don't know what you do. I, I, I think it's a little far stretched to say you have to play all four years before you can go pro. I, I, I don't see that happening. No, it won't, but you just see it every year. And, and I, what are these agents telling this, these kids? This, you know, isn't, something, this, this isn't something new. This isn't something new. This has happened for years. No, no, you're, you're exactly right. But, you know, people are not making it like a 30% or greater clip every year. So what are these agents telling these kids? You know, it was like, well, you have a 70% chance of making the NFL if you leave early. That's not very good advice when you should be saying there's a 30% chance that you won't get drafted. Yeah, a lot of those guys, they got a fr- signed a free agent contract. But, but that's not what players want to hear. No. And I think they give this lip service sometimes. And not all of them, but I'll say some of them give this lip service about, well, you know, they're really up front and they tell like it is and they keep it honest and they keep it real. No, no. They like to get fed. They like to get fed BS that they can succeed at another level and they can be the hype and all that stuff. I mean, it's just I, human nature. You know, I guess if your goal is to make, you know, $100,000 a year on the practice squad, okay, I guess that's that's that could be achievable. Well, okay, let's, let's kind of go this route because do you think that they maybe think the sooner they can get in the NFL, the more that they can contribute to, you know, getting their mom a better place or – better house or improve their family's economic situation sometimes i'm sure but they're gonna realize pretty quick that a hundred thousand dollars doesn't go quite as far as what they think it goes (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's kind of
alternative experience for you. It's all about reality, isn't it? And speaking of reality, oh, did we get a dose of it through Mr. Sam McEwen, Mr. Cheerful Sam McEwen. Apparently, he uh, put out some articles, a kind of a rude awakening for a lot of Husker fans that were looking for some kind of evidence of some kind of success at the next level. Derek, can you go into more uh, specifics on that? Well, I think the thing I think the thing that bothered me most about these articles, and it's not just Sam McEwen. I see it a lot on Facebook. I see it a lot of places. It's time for Husker Nation to quit blame, blaming Bo Pelini for all of our problems. He's been, he's been gone for almost three years now. It's time for Mike Riley to step up and do what he's supposed to be doing. It's not Bo Pelini's fault we didn't get players drafted. I think it's it's, I, I think, it's not Bo Pelini's fault that we don't that some of the talent left when he was fired. That's not all his fault. It, it's time to quit blaming him for all the talent level and everything else here. But Riley's had three years to recruit. It's time to start winning with some of these recruits. They're high, they're highly touted recruits. Well, so you let's could start ar- doing it. You could argue that I think Riley's been trying to do just that, but the fans haven't been letting him because they've been bringing this expectation on him. And, you know, that's Husker football. I understand that part. But look, think of these last couple years as a prologue. This is the real, this is where the story happens for Riley. And Husker fans, you know, your focus determines your reality. If all you're going to do is focus on what Nebraska couldn't do in the past with Bo, then you're not going to look at the potential we might have in the future with Riley. You with me on that, Justin? Uh, I don't know, but for the listeners, what we're talking about is Sam McEwen's article on April 30th, uh, the recruiting uh, 2017 NFL draft, blah, blah, blah. And what my takeaway from that entire article is uh, is really sobering. Uh, it sobered up my expectations. And this CuzCast never likes being sober. No. And, no. Uh, you know, I was kind of – I'm a cheerleader for Nebraska. It? Yeah. Uh, you know what? No, it, it like – it tempered my expectations for this coming year because of what the recruiting was and the results of the recruiting for some of these, uh, these upperclassmen, right? But okay. Sure. But, but see, isn't that a good thing though? When you have your expectations tempered because you're a little bit more grounded. Whereas if they're a little bit, you know, carried away like most Nebraska fans, then everything is a disappointment to you and you don't see progress. You don't see when a team is really showing improvement. Instead, you're just worried about the end result when you're not even concerned about where the journey's at. Derek? Well, I mean, again, as far as the recruiting goes, like the 2012 class, the reason it was so terrible was because it was such a small class of only 17 people, which we're going to see again this year with only maybe 16, 15 maybe even people. Uh, And, you know... He had eight four stars that year, and, and nine and nine three stars. I, I get some of them left. I, some of them didn't pan out, but that's with every recruiting cycle. No, I, I get it, but I, I just think uh, after seeing that article and the way it laid it out, you know, the people that didn't pan out, who left for you know whatever reason it was, and the, how many people that we still have that just aren't contributors. I just think that we're we're such in uh, a place where we don't we're not very talented in the upperclassmen, right? And so that kind of 
we have a lot of talent for the underclassmen, which I is mean, good. Like, it, it is, it is outstanding. Just, yeah, it's, it's going to get better and better. But that inexperience is, might hurt us this year. Uh, I, I just think, you know, from Mig thinking nine or ten wins this year, you know, it, seven or eight could be a real possibility. I'm and not, should, we should not blame, but we shouldn't blame. Should we blame Mike Roddy for seven or eight wins? No. This year. I, I, well, okay. If he doesn't maximize the most out of the talent he has right now, because he went on record after that spring game, he loves the talent on this team. He loves this team. He loves the chemistry. He loves the buy-in. He loves everything because this is the team he wants. This is the offense he wants. This is the players he wants. And this is the defense he wants. He's got He's got what he is, wants. Is, is that some coach speak, though? I mean, what do you want him to come out and say? Yeah, I got trash for players. But, Derek, where does coach speak start and end, right? How can you tell what coach speak really is? You never know. That's the problem. All I want to say is, you know, I've always kind of uh, agreed with Derek on this, that, you know, it's here it is, your three, four, Mike Riley. It's, uh, you got to put up right now, you know. Yeah, put up or Excuses up. are over. Yeah. But after this article, it really made me sit back and think. I was like, wow. You but know, see, you're already setting up diminished expectations for Mike Riley's team. Because of what he had to deal with in the past. The past is the past. It's time to look forward. And it's time to think that this is the springboard. This is it. This is where we get at least 10 wins. And we show the nation that we're getting back in business, baby. Yeah, I, I love that attitude. And that's I'm, I'm kind of hey, a sunshine I, pumper like you. but <laughs> It's me, man. It's damn you, Sam. Damn you, Sam, for writing that article and putting doubt in my mind. <laughs> Justin, didn't you and I just have an argument last year or the year before about Ohio State and whether they were going to be good or not because they had so many young players on that team? Yeah, we're idiots, so. <laughs> well, well I, still. No, I, I get it, but what I'm saying is I, I know we're not the Ohio State, and I know we don't have quite the recruiting classes that they have either, but if they can do it with young players, why can't we? I'm not saying mm-hmm. national title level, but why can't we be successful with younger players when other schools have done it just as much. Sure, Alabama does players it. players don't have that baggage. I think we're going to have to do it this year. This is the year that this, this, we're going to have to do this, it. This is where player development has to come into Agreed. play, and you have to get these players ready to play. Agreed. You can't just rely on – got to coach on, them up. Yes, absolutely. You can't just rely on athletic ability. You have to coach them up and get them ready for these games. Just be prepared if we're headed into the final game with Iowa where we need that win for the eighth win of the year. There's going to be a lot of blaming back to Bo Pelini because we don't have be. those upperclassmen. I, I think that's it's, it's I, can I, see I, it. I really think that's silly. I, that's I like, see that's it like if I, I still had an too. effigy of Bill Callahan in my room. I'd let it go. You've got to let go of Bo. I mean, that's all exactly. there is to it. Exactly. Husker Nation is trying to blame this guy for the sinking of the Titanic. I mean, it's over. He's gone. Well, who says he, he might? You know. You, you know, I've seen, I've seen a lot of that. Facebook people throw out there that, oh, thanks, Bo, we only have one player drafted. Well, I mean, to, to Bo Pelini's aid, I guess, he put two players in the draft before Nebraska had one put in the draft. So I, it's hard to blame Bo Pelini when he's still doing what he's doing, and he had nothing to do with this class at this point. This class has spent just as much time with Mike Riley as they did with Bo Pelini. That's true. 
onward and upward, guys. Got to look to the future. And you exactly. know, Oscar fans, if you want to blame someone, don't blame Polini. Blame the cat. <laughs> so, uh, with maybe diminished expectations or whatever, uh, Arkansas State head coach came out and he said uh, some things about Nebraska, saying that he could take it. Take Nebraska on. What did you guys think about that? Did you guys did that fire you guys up? I think it's oh. going to fire the players up. I hope it does. I hope it fires the coaches up. I hope we score 70 on these guys and keep them to nothing. Well, I Just think it would, for it that would be article. a great statement. Yeah, it would be a great statement if we did that. And, hey, you know what? If the Arkansas, if the Arkansas State guy has to, you know, <laughs> make a controversy to get his players to play, what does that say about him, man? I mean – I'm not sure he said anything terrible, though. Did he? Well, he said he said the, he said the thing that would get his players sight. He said the thing that it's like, okay, we're going to circle this date. This is going to be a special date. We're going to shock the world. We're going to shock the nation. The mouse roared is all it comes down to. But see, to me, I think this is, I think this is locker room talk. This is what you say in the locker room. You don't come out in the press and go, yeah, Nebraska's a winnable game for us. You think you do it now because it's all about social networking, right? You want to get that out there and get the fans motivated and all this stuff. I, it, it's all just PRBS. I, I don't know, but I do hope our players use it for motivation and just stop a mud hole in them. There's more than <laughs> enough evidence, and I'm looking at you, Broderick Thomas, about opening your freaking mouth and spouting off that you're going to do this and you don't walk the walk. We've had so many incidents of that. I'll, t- I'll tell you this much. You guys think I hate Mike Riley now? Let him lose to Arkansas State. I don't I don't see it happening. I really don't. But oh how pissed would I be if we lost to Arkansas State? Everyone would be pissed. It would be it would be massive pissed off. It would be a pissed off Husker Nation. That's that's a bad nation to be a part of. But I mean I think the players are going to rise to the occasion. They're not going to. They're not going to let this stand. They're going to go out there and say, "Hey, this is our house. It has nothing to do with Arkansas State. This is our house. We protect our house." And the last thing we want are some wannabes coming in telling us they're going to beat us. It's going to be a long four months till kickoff, isn't it, guys? Oh, I know. <laughs> hey, hey, I, I will. I will say this about Arkansas State: they have won five out of the last six uh, Sun Belt Conference titles. So I mean, it's not like it's not like they're a garbage team. No, but, they're they're not. But but it should still be an, a very easily win one game for Nebraska. I, yeah, I think it's a mistake to overlook the Sun Belt Conference in general. But I think Nebraska's on an on another level compared to them. And it's in Memorial Stadium. You got ninety thousand fans screaming their heads off. There's no way in heck Nebraska's going to let them down the first game of the season. I agree. Go Big Red, right? Go Big Red. Exactly. Uh, anything else? I guess that's it. Uh, that will wrap up another episode of the Husker Cuzcast. A shout-out to the Nebraska baseball team for taking two out of three against Ohio State this weekend. Ah, it wasn't pretty. We almost blew two games by allowing the Buckeyes to get back in it with two lousy innings in each game. And me thinks the bullpen will be the Achilles heel here. You may want to check out my write-up on our Facebook page for more information. But we'll see where things end up at the end of the road. And a uh, special shout-out to John Harbaugh, a much more serious shout-out, 
who gave a wonderful, wonderful tribute to Sam Foltz and Mike Sadler. I'll take humane, compassionate, and empathetic Harbaugh over ruthless SOB, win-at-all-cost, jackass, sociopath Harbaugh any day of the week. So God bless you, Coach John Harbaugh. If you want to hit us up, visit our Facebook page and follow us on Podbean. We're also available on iTunes. Don't forget to like us and write a review. Help us get lots of likes and lots of ratings. Email us at huskercuzcast at yahoo.com for comments, questions, suggestions on topics for future episodes. Praise, more praise, or troll us to your heart's content. May the 4th be with you. The red will be, will go, the red will go big with you, always. Sit down.